To me, as a security person who kind of really does focus on the entire stack, even though I'm hyper-focused on Azure Sentinel, identity is the first step in securing the environment. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Doobie. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. In this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about the fundamentals of securing your identity infrastructure. But of course, it's not just about securing the infrastructure. You have to monitor it, too. Azure Sentinel is Microsoft's cloud-native security information and event manager. That's also what is known as a SIEM, in case you've ever wondered what a SIEM is. And it's used to monitor and analyze a variety of environments, both cloud and on-premises, via connectors that you configure. My guests today are Rod Trent and my Sempris colleague, Senior Product Manager, Doug Davis. Rod is a Microsoft Security Cloud Solution Architect and global Azure Sentinel subject matter expert. He's also an old colleague of mine from my Windows IT Pro days. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Thank you, Doug. Happy to be here. And Sean. It's good to talk to you again, Rod. So help us. I'm going to start from really, really basic 101. What is a SIEM? What is a you know a security information event manager? And what is Sentinel and what's different about it from a traditional seam? As noted, I work with Azure Sentinel. I'm security CSA for Microsoft, but really kind of hyper-focused on this product and have been for the past couple of years. So I've worked with a number of companies, as you can imagine, number of customers over the past couple of years, I think over like 160 so or something like that myself with this product. And it's interesting that you ask, what is a seam and what is this type of capability? Because I've worked with a number of customers that ask that question. I have customers that have been experienced in similar type of tools in the past, but then also we have a number of customers who have seen or read something about Azure Sentinel and they're just so interested and they want finally, as they're starting some migrating workloads to the cloud, they're interested in creating kind of a more wholesome, more full security um, platform and approach. So Azure Sentinel really kind of fits into that. So a SIEM, as you noted, is a security information and event management system. And literally what that means is that every endpoint, every device, anything digital and electronic that exists out there produces some kind of log file based on whatever transaction is going on in in the system. Um, From an enterprise or cloud perspective, those log files are going to have some unique information included in each one of those that we need to be able to filter through, but we also need to be able to centralize all those log files somewhere. So Azure Sentinel was released publicly September 2019. And as you can imagine, it's it's really relatively, when you think about it, it's the new kid on the block, right? So other products have existed prior to that. What makes Azure Sentinel different is that it is 100% cloud-based and 100% cloud-born. 
Those other tools have been historically on-premises systems. They do the same thing where they're collecting logs, but in relation to how those are built out, there's a lot of maintenance. There's a lot of um, back-end management that needs to go into effect in these organizations just to kind of manage the infrastructure and the architecture. So they do the same things. They're collecting logs there, but even after collecting logs, you have to do something with those logs. You don't want to just turn your security tool and just kind of like a storage facility. What we do within Azure Sentinel, our product team and team security teams within Microsoft develop what we call analytics rules. And these literally on an automated schedule go out with all of that data, those log files that we're ingesting centrally and analyze that data for things that we know about and potentially things that we can kind of fit together to identify potential threats within our environment. The majority of time it's going to sift through a log and it's not going to find anything and that's thumbs up. That's awesome. But we do want it to be intelligent enough based on these analytics rules to be able to sift through and look through that data to expose potential threats. I look at a scene kind of as um, it's kind of like the last mile security component, right? So this podcast is absolutely based on identity. And to me, as a security person who kind of really does focus on the entire stack, even though I'm hyper-focused on Azure Sentinel, identity is the first step in securing the environment. If a company does not have identity managed and in place, um, then you're just going to create a bunch of work for everybody else. Identities first, then we have to focus on best practices around securing workloads or secure workload deployment in the cloud. Then we still kind of have to have a moderate update management system in place. And then on the back end, this is where Azure Sentinel or a scene comes into play. Some of my favorite real-time TV shows are those live shows where they're going out and they're trying to like hunting for gold. They're like digging, trying to find, but if you look at the mechanisms and the tools that they use, they have what's called like a sluice box or sluicing machine. I don't know if you're familiar with this. That's literally what a seam is. You're sending all of this information into the seam and then you're like kind of shaking it up. You're analyzing it, looking for those little tidbits or those nuggets of information that's going to potentially expose other things within your environment that are potential threats, something that you can remediate. Another thing that makes Azure Sentinel different other than just being kind of cloud-born and cloud-based is that it supports a hybrid model, right? So we... Um, can ingest data from, obviously, first-party sources, Azure, right? But we can also ingest those same log files that those other tools are ingesting on-premises. So we have a hybrid model. We also support multi-cloud. I've worked with a number of customers, or like as you can imagine, the past couple of years that are multi-cloud environments. You know, they started out in AWS. They're getting some exposure on Azure. Maybe they do some Google Cloud. Some of them, yeah, absolutely still do Oracle and IBM and things like that but you can literally connect anything from anywhere to Azure Sentinel, and that includes other clouds. So AWS, I've worked with a number of customers that connect AWS to Azure Sentinel, um, utilizing Azure Sentinel's intelligence around the analytics. It actually makes their AWS workloads much <laughs> more secure, which is kind of interesting. Um, so there's that. And, and one other, I think, key piece particularly for those individuals that have experience 
with an on-premises seam. There's a multitude of those that exist today. I work with a number of customers that work with those as well. But those on-premises tools, there's this whole thing around automation and remediation that has happened over the past four to five years, which has become key and very important, which helps security teams become more efficient remediating potential security threats within their environments. That SOAR capability or security orchestration automation and remediation, some people call it response for the R, I say remediation, but that SOAR capability is actually built in to Azure Sentinel. It's just part of the product. We started developing Azure Sentinel. We literally developed this around ourselves, identifying those gaps that we identified within Microsoft as we started our own migration to the cloud. We use those same on-premises tools that our customers used. As we started migrating to the cloud, we wanted this kind of hybrid model. We started identifying the gaps that those on-premises tools exhibited. And so we went about trying to cover those gaps. And a lot of what Azure Sentinel, what it does today is literally just to supply gap management, right? So that SOAR capability, it is built into Azure Sentinel. We identified that you need to be able to automate a lot of what happens within these tools to help your smaller teams or even larger teams do some things from an efficiency standpoint. Good example, if you believe through the analysis of your logs that there is absolutely a compromised account, whether it's your CEO or you know someone else in some other part of the organization, as an analyst, probably my first response, if I believe that an account has been compromised, I'm going to lock that account out and then do the due diligence to determine if it absolutely was a compromised account because I don't want it. I want it segmented away from the rest of my network. I don't want it to compromise the rest of my rest of my environment. So there's a piece of automation that I could very quickly within Azure Sentinel say, hey, if this is a compromised account, if you've identified a compromised account, lock it out, notify me so I can go do the due diligence. And, and by just by doing that very, very simple thing within the environment, within our tool, that has saved me a lot of time, saved my team so I can focus on those things that you know maybe I don't know about, or maybe I need some deeper investigation that's part of this. That SOAR capability, again, is built into Azure Sentinel. Those tools that are historically on-premise, they're add-ons, they cost extra, they have to be added onto a contract. Again, we believe this should be part of this entire process. It should be part of security to provide that capability. So three big things there, being able to ingest logs literally from anywhere, from any type and any data source, providing the analysis you know, on an automated basis, looking for those things. And another piece of that is because it is built and based on this DevOps pipeline that we utilize within all of Azure, all of our Azure services, anytime that a customer opens up the Azure Sentinel console, um, they are using the most current version of the product, but also they're utilizing the most current threat intelligence. That analysis that I talked about, it is always up to date and always updated um, based on that DevOps pipeline as this product is continually developed, even the threat intel is fed back into the system so that customers are always using the best, latest and greatest. And then also that third component, that SOAR capability. I think those are probably the three big, three big pieces that kind of separate or differentiate Azure Sentinel from the rest. I know it's a long-winded <laughs> discussion, but there you go. <laughs>
I think that's given everybody a really good basis for the power of this, uh, of Sentinel. I think I come at it definitely from the Azure Active Directory side. And one thing I love about it is that it's just so easy to set up and, and it's easy to get going. And, and like you say, it's always the latest version. When I go through a lot of like the workbooks and all the incidents that they have, I mean, definitely it does it does grow. What What's the process for how Microsoft approaches that, you know, is there community input as well? But let's say that I do log in and I do see that there's two or three new threats that have been added. How quickly are they added after there's a potential sign that there are these new threats that are becoming available? That's awesome. That's a good point. And that's, it's actually a really good story. Um, let's use, for example, everybody knows about this one, the solar winds situation a while back, right? Everybody's familiar with what happened there. Obviously there was an issue with how the solar winds updating mechanism worked and it was infiltrated. Um, I believe, I think it was at least from news orgs and how it was reported widely. It was like on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening, something like that. If I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, there was wind about it before people kind of knew, but then all of a sudden, you know, it was, hey, this is this huge deal. Um, over the weekend, the teams within Microsoft got together and developed uh, four or five different analytics rules, the analysis of that data looking through to identify if our customers could potentially be impacted, whether they're compliant or not, if they had applied the updates where needed and things like that. Um, by, I think it was by like Tuesday morning. So it went through this whole vetting process, like everything does at Microsoft and it was fed back into the system like Tuesday. So that's, that's a pretty short turnaround, right? And this one's not even a threat that was identified everywhere. It was just SolarWinds customers, right? It wasn't a Microsoft customer, but our approach, at least even with Azure Sentinel, and you've heard me talk about this hybrid and multi-cloud, and we literally just built a platform for customers to utilize, we want to ensure that our customers can be secure, whatever it is that they use, right? So are they using Linux boxes? Well, connect them to Azure Sentinel, right? Um, we want to ensure, so that SolarGate's not a Microsoft product, but we produced um, the analysis for that. So that Tuesday morning, as those things automatically synced in the Azure Sentinel console, customers saw those, those, those that were potentially impacted could enable those, and they knew immediately whether or not they are impacted and what they needed to do to um, to remediate. So, and that's with anything. I mean, if there's some big major thing, the exchange thing recently, um, that's another good example. The teams within Microsoft built analysis around that that was all focused on on-premises exchange, but at the same time, you know, again, customers, whether they've migrated workloads to the cloud or not, they're still, and even if they have, they're still kind of in this hybrid model, hybrid mode, right? So. We need to be able to protect our customers wherever they are. And Azure Sentinel allows us to do that. I, I joke all the time. Some people hate me for saying this, but Azure Sentinel is like, and I kind of refer to it, it's the tofu of security tools. If you're familiar with tofu is, whatever you cook it with, it takes on that taste. <laughs> Azure Sentinel is a platform. Uh, we've made it so easy to stand up, so easy to connect your data from whatever source. By the time you stand it up today, three months from now, it literally looks like your environment, right? Based on what you decide to connect, based on what how you want to analyze that data, based on what you believe from a security component within your organization, what is most critical to you to monitor. Again, Tofu, three months from now, this Azure Sentinel is absolutely your product. Every customer that I've worked with that utilizes Azure Sentinel, even today, 
I love going back to these customers and talking to them and looking to see what they have done. Um, because like you said, you know, there's a number of workbooks, there's a number of analytics rules and things like this. Those that aren't familiar, uh, Everything that we do, well, most everything we do within Azure Sentinel is based on log analytics workspaces, which means in Azure Mantra, which means that exposes KQL, this Custo query language to everyone. KQL literally powers uh, our workbooks, our hunting queries, our analytics rules. You can even do some kind of manual hunting and things like that. It's a very simple, but very powerful query language. Um, but because it is simple, it makes it easy for customers to learn it and create some really, really fabulous, wonderful tools, reporting and things like that within Azure Sentinel. That also makes it really, really easy for them to share. KQL is like the query, the, the PowerShell query languages. You know, as you start to learn this thing, you're like, oh, I'm really proud of this. Why can't, why not I just go share this with other people? If you go out to our, uh, the official GitHub repository, which is part of our DevOps pipeline, which, Unfamiliar, it's it's got an AK link. It's aka.ms slash AS GitHub or Azure Sentinel GitHub. Go out to our GitHub repository. There's a number of additional pieces of clatter out there, all the way from workbooks to new hunting queries to analytics rules that have been supplied by us, have been supplied by our partners, but also this Azure Sentinel community, which is growing significantly every day. Um, we have a little bit over like 9,000 Azure Sentinel customers at this point. And as you can imagine, because again, because of that KQL and it's so easy to share, we have a lot of content that gets submitted and, and vetted and made available for even our other customers. So That's pretty cool. Cause that really shows the, the flexibility of, 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 of the platform. You know, most of our customers are coming from the on-premise side. They're new to the cloud. It's daunting. There's a lot of new terms, terminology, a lot of things that they may not think about. Is it your recommendation that somebody deploys Sentinel close to the time that they first start using Azure Active Directory and start getting into it? Because it would seem to me like that would help in your education and learning. And, and really, that's almost the most dangerous time, that those first three to six months where you don't understand the security context of, of Azure Active Directory. Um, does Sentinel help you lock things down faster or, or get you up to speed faster from a security context within Azure? So as much as I love Azure Sentinel and as much as I want everybody in the world to love it as much as I do and use it, I, I don't think that's the first mile solution. I think Azure Sentinel is kind of the, like the last mile. Hey, we have our security team. We've got everything else locked down. We have everything else set up for best practices. Now let's catch the stuff like that sluice box I was talking about. Let's catch the other stuff that we can't catch. Let's catch the small stuff. As you start migrating to the cloud, start migrating workloads. You want, for a lot of customers I work with, they they look at this migration to the cloud a little bit differently than they did about 10, five, 10 years ago. Five, 10 years ago, it was kind of a, kind of a drudgery. Oh my goodness, how are we gonna get this to work? Now, since we've made it so simple, they're looking at this as kind of like this point in time where they can like start from scratch and start clean and start new and do things better and more modern. So. Yeah, I want to migrate this VM from on-premises to Azure, but I want to do it securely. So tell me how to do this from a best practice to do this securely the first time. Azure Sentinel is not going to give you those recommendations to deploy a VM securely. It's going to catch the stuff after the fact, the things that you might have missed or the things, you know, some intrusions or some compromised account or some rare occurrence of some account that shouldn't have been able to do something they did or something like that. The one tool that I would absolutely 
recommend for any customer just starting that migration to the cloud would be our Azure Security Center um, or what we call today Defender for servers, um, which exists within the cloud. You turn that on, you spin up a VM, it's going to monitor that VM and tell you exactly what you need, give you the recommendations, exactly what you need to do to secure that VM. It's going to give you the option to enable it or disable whatever our recommendation is. And it's also going to give you a little button to be able to do it automatically. Right. So for most customers, it says, you know, let's instead of, you know, full access to this VM, let's just set up just in time access. Here's a little button. We're going to go ahead and automate that and do it for you. So that would be my recommendation versus. And then after you get to that secure perspective, right, you get to that best practice area for security then start to consider Azure Sentinel again to kind of catch the the small stuff. It's the sort of, yeah, like you say, like it's the sort of when you have so much data that you're not going to be able to, you know, parse through it yourself. It's really something that aids in that process and kind of gets you over, you know, some of these more obscure scenarios as opposed to the core ones that people uh, set up for. If you were to say like some of the main scenarios that people kind of search for, I mean, I know everything that's in there is, is fairly well defined, but you know, are there other of particular interest when you would say like, here's something that uh, Sentinel can, can do for you? You know, there are a couple of examples of, of specific other than, you know, we've talked about solar winds, but other kind of security scenarios that you would say Sentinel is really good at giving people insight into. Yeah. So you say scenarios where it's really good. Obviously, it's really good across the board, but, you know. That's yeah, just... of course. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. No, um, so a couple things, and I think this is important to kind of really highlight here. Over time, I think anybody that's in any organization, you come to realize that your security teams are absolutely excellent at locking down your devices. As long as you do the due diligence, you go and develop things based on the vendor recommendation. Uh, let's let's use Cisco devices or Palo Alto. You know how to monitor, you know how to secure these ports, which absolutely you can connect that stuff to Azure Sentinel as well. But you become very good at securing your devices. But at the end of the day, the thing that actually produces the biggest issue from a security perspective within in any environment are our users. <laughs> it's it's either bad habits or just end users that don't care about security as much as we do or whatever it is, or they just literally want to be able to do their job and have the best experience without having to worry about security. That's your job, right? So it all boils down literally to what end users do that we're always kind of tracking. Um, even though we can literally connect anything to Azure Sentinel from anywhere in any type, in any data type, we have some First, what we call first-party data connectors with an Azure Sentinel, which, as you can imagine, are our own Microsoft services. Uh, so a couple of those, Azure Active Directory, Office 365, these first-party data connectors are actually free ingested sources, right? Even the Office 365, you stand up Azure Sentinel today, you enable the data connector for Office 365, it's absolutely free for that data ingestion. There's some things we'll talk about, I believe, probably about, you know, costs for data retention and things like that, but we have a good story there as well. Um, but again, it's it's about managing those end-user habits. Office 365, one thing that customers absolutely want to keep track of is uh, impossible travel, right? So user connecting from one place and then connecting from another place and maybe a third or fourth place geographically that would absolutely be impossible for them to do physically. 
Um, impossible travel, a lot of customers want to look for that. What we do with Azure Sentinel, which is kind of neat and interesting and is also another one of those differentiating factors, we have some intelligence, some secret sauce built into Azure Sentinel that looks at different data sources. So Office 365 connector, the log files that are um, assigned to that data connector, Azure Active Directory, some of our Defender products, some other types of data sources. It's intelligent enough to look at the actual storyline of what transpired versus just a single instance or a single alert. Most seems most of those types of tools will look at the alert and generate alerts so that your analyst has to take a look at that and then figure out what happens. For a lot of the things, for example, impossible travel, it's going to be able to identify exactly what happened with that entire storyline. User um, opened an email, they clicked on a link, it took them to a website, it had a mass download, it installed uh, in a new process, um, and then a week later, it looks like this user account is connecting from a multitude of different places across the globe, right? So it's going to tie that entire story together to help your security teams be able to identify what that is. So possible, possible travel is one of those. Rare occurrences is something that had a really good story around utilizing that Azure Active Directory data connector, looking and it, it combines that with the Azure activity logs, right? So um, Azure activity, as you can imagine, has its own logs and it literally records everything that happens within Azure. Tying Azure activity with the Azure Active Directory and the user accounts that are located there, we can identify things even within Azure, even um, for those login services for those user accounts when they might do something um, within Azure that they've never done before. Or um, like I said, it's kind of a rare occurrence. We want to be able to track that because um, we're always going to have policies in place who should be able to do what within our environments. And if we see a user do something that's very rare, maybe the first time they've ever done it or you know, every once in a while they may do something that looks like, should they actually be able to do something like that? So that's something that we can track. Um, something that comes, a lot of our customers are absolutely um, believe is critical to track in their environments as well. But that's not just in Azure, but you know, we could, we could do that on premises. And as long as that data exists, that log file exists within Azure, we can track all of it. Perfect. Okay, great. Well, I think you've definitely gotten everybody's interest and, and I think it's definitely you know, something that people should add to their wheelhouse as they kind of, you know, think through as their security. Okay, so I'm, I'm really interested in Sentinel. Where would I go to, to learn more? What would be my next steps if, I, if I'm considering to add this to my arsenal of security tools? On our Microsoft website in segmented in the Azure area, we absolutely have an Azure Sentinel page out there. Go check that. There's a pricing calculator. Uh, we haven't really kind of talked about pricing, but... Obviously, Azure Sentinel is not free. I talked about mm -hmm. those free ingested sources. Those are absolutely free. If you're ingesting things from on-premises or other clouds, there's going to be some price attached to that. Anyone that's familiar with a tool like Azure Sentinel, you know that there are yep, costs yep. behind data ingest and egress and all that stuff. Um, those apply here. There's also data retention, which I think is pretty awesome to kind of note that when you stand up a log analytics workspace within Azure Sentinel, within Azure, these log analytics workspaces, it's data storage, right? It's not really a storage component. It's kind of a temporary, considered a temporary storage component, but they're also what I call stretchy buckets of storage. Um, you, those other tools, very similar to Azure Sentinel, 
If you received a thousand switches this Friday, a thousand new switches that needed to be deployed, understand that every switch is going to have one new log file. You know that you're going to have your data requirements were going to change. You will have to call your vendor and say, hey, we've got X amount of new data. Can you supply us additional space and additional storage? You don't have to do that with Azure Sentinel because we're using Log Analytics Workspace. These stretchy buckets can literally adjust based on your new data requirements, right? But understanding that um, Log Analytics Workspace, when you stand it up for the first time, it's got a 31-day retention policy. By Azure Sentinel enabling a Log Analytics Workspace, you get 90 days of data retention for free, right? So that data is stored in there. After 90 days, it kind of expires out. But from a security perspective, that's like a good deal because you should always be working with the most current data for your analysis and for your investigations and things like this. 90 days is actually a long, 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 long time. There are some other aspects to that where we can create export rules for those organizations that have policy and need to follow compliance and industry recommendations and things about long-term storage. We can do that as well, but just kind of wanted to mention that. So Azure Sentinel on the Microsoft website, there is the GitHub repository that I mentioned earlier. I have my own blog, which is literally aka.ms slash rod, R-O-D blog. I uh, cover Azure Sentinel all the time. Um, so there's a few resources I think would be awesome. Um, if you go into a, any web browser, type Azure Sentinel Ninja Training, and it's going to bring up a, bring up a link that we have literally video after video of all kinds of training just to get a little bit more comfortable with it. Thank you. This has been very, very interesting. And uh, I have a personal interest in going around and digging more into Sentinel as well. That's a ton of great information about it to sit back and digest. Um, and you've done a really great job in explaining both the value proposition and where, where we would use it and where to go to find out more about it. Thanks very much for your time. And of course, as always, thanks, Doug, my colleague, for asking insightful questions and his participation is always, always have a lot of fun with it. So, and thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you next time. Thanks again, folks. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.